0: gun. It's pointed at
1: my dick. Clay, it's pointed at my dick. Clay. Would you rather it was pointed at your face? I know it makes no sense, but yes.
2: Welcome to episode 26 of I Think I Like This Movie, America's Least Necessary Film Criticism Podcast. I am Noah Frank, joined as always by my co-host Will Vitka. And this week we're watching a film that not only have neither of us seen before, but one that neither of us have any cultural memory of whatsoever. It's also the newest film that's been brought to us on the podcast, uh, 2010's DC Comics-inspired action flick, The Losers, which is being delivered to us by accomplished shit poster and editor-in-chief of Baseball Perspectives, Craig Goldstein. Craig, if you were missing and presumed dead in Bolivia, spending your days drinking and betting on cockfights, would you be in such a hurry to get home? No.
1: I thought they the way that they cast or, or I should, shot all of that seemed very appealing to me yeah i don't I, I don't know maybe it's just you know 18 to 20 months into a pandemic where we haven't gone anywhere been anywhere whatever but like the food looked good the light i mean it was it was dark when they shot it all all of that kind of stuff but it seemed very appealing to me
2: yeah you gotta get out of jail free card forever like everyone thinks you're gone you just i clearly they had enough money to like eat empanadas and hang out and like do yeah. nothing with their days. That sounds wonderful. Could I do that for the rest of my life?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I am a sucker for like any movie that's shot with like street food. I love Rounders and the scene where Ed Norton is just eating a hot dog on the street. I want a hot dog every single time that happens. Just buying an empanada off the street in in Bolivia. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I want that.
2: I, I wish because uh, Ocean's Eleven, of course, is famous for Brad oh, eating yeah. in like every scene. I wish they'd gotten a little more like exotic and like really, really amped up. Like because he's always just eating like an apple or like a piece of cake. But it'd be funnier if that had just gotten like that. <laughs> like, that was part of the bit that it just got became like more and more ridiculous food every time. It goes from like kebabs and then he's eating some some, you know, multi
1: multi dip process and the whole. And anyway, yeah. It's a like cotton candy or something sticky yeah. that's getting in the way. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I did have one thing I wanted to mention, which is that they do film this at El Batez in San Juan. And I've been to that bar and fully recommend going to that bar next that time. That
2: bar Rico. looked fantastic.
0: It's amazing. Yeah. Wait, is it this is in Puerto Rico? It's in Puerto Rico, yeah.
2: I, wait, what, what's the bar called?
0: El Batez, El, El Bates
2: El or El Bates. Is that, that, is that an old, in Old Town San Juan?
0: Or old in, Town, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, where, it's where all the expats hang out.
2: So there's, there's also, we'll just have a little Puerto Rico chat before we get into this movie. There's a place called Empanadas and Beer in Old Town San Juan that we literally spent every night, basically, at when we were there a couple of years ago on vacation. We were there for a week, and I think we went there five times. like Because literally, as advertised, all that they served was empanadas and beer, and that is all that you really want out of a place. Yeah, yeah. El-, 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 El Bates or El
0: Bates was great because it was two bucks for a shot
2: and a beer.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So you could spend 10 bucks there and you wouldn't—you probably weren't making it home, but you'd have fun
2: and right. not spend a lot of money. Yeah, well, there you go. Unfortunately, this movie leaves Bolivia and spends a lot of time <laughs> in a lot of other places. Uh, Greg, you brought us this movie. Um, before we get into the details of, of it, why don't you give us a little bit about your background with it? When, when was the first time that you saw it? Do you, do you sort of remember your first uh, experience
1: with it? Yeah, I saw it in theaters. I don't know why, my association with it is that I, I really like this movie. Like I've, I've, I've always had fond feelings for this as an action movie. Uh, I kind of that it's never really gotten its due, which isn't necessarily to say that it should be, it's not, you know, top tier cinema, but it, I think it very much is what it's trying to be, especially in this this age of kind of like excelling at being not great, but like as long as, again, being what you're trying to be, I feel like that's a thing these days in terms of what we're we're all watching. Uh, I've never understood why this didn't really take off. And I thought it set, I mean, it, it, well, we can get to it, but it, it very clearly sets itself up for more. And I would have loved to get more of this. I'd like, I'm not gonna say this is like the, the most well-set world that we've ever been dropped into, but I would. I liked spending time in this world. It, you hadn't seen it since, right? You saw it in the theaters and that was your, your one memory of it? Uh, no, I, I had seen it since, but probably not for at least five years. Okay. All right. We're
2: a minor violation of the podcast
1: rules, but okay, that's I okay. No,
2: that's all right. I, it, it, it's such a new movie. We're used to, I mean, we've been on a kick of 80s and, and even like early 90s. At least, you know, several decade old movies. Is, it, it's just, it's so funny to like get one that's much more current. I don't think we've gone more current than 2000s. 2000... Two two thousand. Okay, so this something, is quite something like dream. that.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. whatever summer catch, I think summer catch was the most recent
2: film. Yeah, 102. Yeah. I mean that was that really was... 0102. God, yeah, God I know. Yeah. Uh I, I you'll appreciate uh Kevin Euclid was a minor leaguer in that movie. Oh,
1: like <laughs>
2: you really can put it, you know, into a certain time frame. So I mean, this did feel Almost contemporary in, in in a lot of ways. I mean, it, there there wasn't yeah. a lot that differentiated. Uh, Will you, you you like I had absolutely no awareness of, of the existence of this film, right? None whatsoever. It's entirely possible
0: that because and I didn't know this going into it. I was sort of looking stuff up as I was watching it. It's entirely possible that because it was sort of a comic book movie, one of my friends may have said, "Hey, you should check this out." But I don't think I ever did. So this is my this is my first viewing of it.
2: When Craig brought it to us, I, I was like, I don't, I, I don't, I literally don't know what this is, which is, it's it's weird because I, I tend to like these kinds of movies, like at least on some level, it, it's stuff that I'll all watch on Netflix or on, you know, uh, just if I have a, a night to myself or whatever, the only explanation that I can think of, because it's, you know, it's a fairly major release it was a $25 million movie uh, has some fairly big name actors in it. It must have been, it was when I was working in the minor leagues, and it must have just been one of those summers Uh when I was just slammed, and I just didn't make a a movie during the time that that it was in theaters, and just missed it, wasn't, you know, didn't didn't know, because it was 2010, and... That was our the year that we had Buster Posey and Madison Bumgarner in Fresno, and it was a very busy, crazy year. And like, like I probably just missed it, but like I remember seeing Inception in Fresno. Like I remember seeing movies yeah. there, you know that that like left enough of an impact on me. That this just went completely past me. I, I think it the went marketing. past everyone. Based yeah. on
1: you know, you said it was a twenty five million dollar budget. It made 23 and a half in the U S. Uh, yeah, it did earn a profit a little bit uh, worldwide, but like, it it bypassed I think everyone. I-
2: well i mean i mean for this podcast for a movie to make money is or al- it's already ahead of the game uh, okay. <laughs> many of our films do not uh, earn back their budget especially a 25 million dollar budget um but yeah i mean like like clearly some people saw it but but it was not a major summer blockbuster So, since a lot of people have not seen it craig as you have brought us this movie can you uh in your in your best quick summary we're looking for somewhere between a log line and a paragraph don't you know not 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 a huge extensive summary but can you tell us and and the listeners what happened in this movie
1: a CIA special forces team is in Bolivia betrayed by a voice that they hear over their their communication system they pretend that they're dead by throwing their dog tags in a, in a crash and they set out to enact revenge or, or at least their leader is obsessed kind of with revenge on the voice that he heard as they all kind of try to get back to their regular lives. Although, you know, we can, we can get into plot holes uh, that like, how do you have a regular life when you've had a funeral via the military, when you've had a military funeral, that's all very complicated. They, they meet someone who funds their revenge fantasy, I suppose. And uh, go about enacting that revenge using her Zoe Saldana's character money and ability to get them back into the country. Will, do you want to fill in any gaps there?
0: The only thing that I would add is that a lot of the reason that you're rooting for that team is because of the reason they go back into the camp. Yeah. I wasn't
1: sure. I wasn't sure kind of how detail heavy to get in on the front end, but yeah. Yeah. So them getting, it's a, it's a little bit of, if you've ever watched like burn notice, it's like kind of very much like this, they've been burned as a, as a team uh, in, in a lot of ways. So they, in Bolivia, they are targeting someone who they believe is a drug, like running a drug cartel or smuggling in some, some capacity. They, you know, put the locator on for them to get bombed. They realize there are a bunch of 25 children get brought into the facility right after that happens. They decide to break ranks, run in, save the children in a weird kind of action scene. They get them out miraculously. They meet up with the helicopter that's supposed to take them home. They say, there's not room for you and the kids. They are very generous and patriotic people. They say, take the kids. It's important for them to go. And the voice that had told them the place was getting bombed, regardless of children or not, had the helicopter shot down thinking they were in it. So when they threw their dog tags in, it was to to fulfill his belief that they were already that they had died in the crash.
2: Right. And and the point being we it establishes this sort of psychopathic villain and establishes them as good humans who will put other lives in front of their own, especially innocent children. Right. And then, and so and then that explains the sort of whole revenge plot that that drives the rest of it is that one, this this mysterious evil person was trying to kill them. And two, he also killed a bunch of children. So we know that he's a bad guy. And right, right. Launches yeah. our, everything else in motion. The, I, I mean, I, I, you mentioned like plot holes. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like we we should start with, with the plot holes of this movie um, because it's, it is a 90, what, 97 minute movie or something. Like, it's I mean, tight. It, yeah. It doesn't right. take very long. Right. It, it, it's, it's, it's a movie that, unlike a lot of movies that have come since, it does not try to brood and take itself too seriously in, in a lot of ways. It, I, one of my notes was that every scene is half as long as it should be. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I was say, yeah, you're not wrong it's a tight movie because they've just decided to move on <laughs> like yeah
2: right right it it does not spend much time it, it does a lot of the things that a lot of action movies do it goes to a lot of exotic locales and it spends like well, 6 minutes
1: there <laughs> i mean there's like Houston there's my, like i don't know if it's all exotic but well sure. but, no, but they're they're it, in it, like it, far it flung up. places all across the world it, yeah, and like yeah
0: there isn't a single scene this is something we've discussed with regards to another movie but um, there isn't a single scene that lasts more than maybe 90 seconds yeah maybe or if it's an action scene obviously that goes on on a lot longer but this is bam 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 okay whatever whatever actually just needs to move the plot along toward the next action scene or reveal that's what we're doing and i'm fine with that i don't have a yeah. problem with it
2: yeah well let, let's get right into the sort of plot holes craig what, what did you notice? You know, generally, especially this time around, where there was there stuff where you were like, "Well, that doesn't make sense."
1: Yeah, I think I think my favorite thing that just I I didn't even know if this counts as a plot hole, but so much as just a plot weakness in general. But my favorite phrase that that they said that I would not have remembered without you know rewatching this is Chris Evans' character Jensen says, uh, "The algorithm's probably on the mainframe." The algorithm's probably on the mainframe. <laughs> yeah, and I just thought. That's not anything. You just didn't even, like, that's not trying. (laughs) Yeah, and then
0: he uploads the algorithm later. It's just (laughs) so
1: silly. There's a lot of tech speak that's like, we don't actually know tech, but this is, these are words people are going to, we think people use. And people will know that this is technology we're dealing with.
2: I love that one of the guys' specialties was transpo. That was literally in quotes. T r a n s p o. Columbus short. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, the, sure. The jargon, the jargon in this is is
0: is serviceable, but it's definitely silly.
2: I will I will give them credit for, because when I read <laughs> before one of the other one of our recent episodes, uh, well, I was already looking ahead at the IMDb for this thing, knowing that it was coming up. And I read, I read the like little thing with all the character names to Will. Mm-hmm. And we were just laughing about how absurd the character names was. And I will give them credit that Zoe Saldana's character, when they he goes around with, like and introduces all the characters, she's like, "Really? Like, like that? <laughs> those are your names? <laughs> like it, it? It at least has enough of a sense of humor to poke fun of at itself for being kind of ridiculous."
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the whole. I think the whole reason it works is that there is a relative self-awareness of, like, we're having fun here. Like, yeah oh, no, yes. no, no, we're not going to get into a plot, really. Like, we're just having fun. Don't bring down the vibes. This is very much a vibes movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, no well, plot,
1: just vibes.
2: Well, to your point, I mean, there's a shootout in the middle of a major American city in which they blow a bunch of stuff up and lift a heli- an a, a armored truck up with a helicopter with a magnet attached to it. And that's it. There's no, like... The police don't show up. Nobody's chasing them. They're not on the evening news. They're, it's the same they, thing. They, that, it just it just gets completely memory holed as though it, as though it happened in a void, like as though it happened on on a desert island. Like, yeah, and the
0: same just, thing happens after they burn down an entire hotel in quote unquote Bolivia, and, right. and they just kind of leave. Like, right. That's they, it. There are no consequences for any they just of their actions. Walk
1: away sorry. from the explosions. Yeah. <laughs> then, the right. best part about the shootout in Miami to me is that the the as you said, there's no police. The only the closest presence you get to police is that they painted a stolen military helicopter, which again, there are also no consequences for stealing a military helicopter. They painted it to be the Miami police, like a Miami police helicopter. I guess people thinking that everything's fine as long as the police are doing it. I don't know. Possibly true, I suppose. But you know, they like using a huge magnet, to lift a truck up with the helicopter they crashed the truck into a, either a sign or a building that had a sign on it. Again, no consequences. And and I don't even understand because I don't think I saw this when it was originally coming through. There was just a, a truck with an anti aircraft gun that the the bad, the quote unquote bad guys use to try and shoot the helicopter out of the air. It hits a building.
2: Yeah, they take a whole chunk out of the side of a skyscraper. Yeah, yeah. And
1: it just shows the bad guy being like, ah, damn, I missed it. Uh, and we've we moved on again the vibes worked yeah there were (laughs) the fact that there wasn't like yeah a massive uh manhunt for these people is (sighs) baffling
2: i'm gonna go ahead and just get out my other because i'm itching to get these off my chest chris evans gets shot in the shoulder late in the movie and in the very next scene, is doing parkour through a whole like you know, I mean, he's leaping over fences and
1: like very athletic, like just totally fine. Famously, nope. do not use your arms in parkour. Yeah, so. not at all. That's not funny. at <laughs> all. Um, at point Columbus short pooch the transfer guy was shot in both knees. Right. They make a big point about how he can't walk. They then yes. wrap his thighs yes. in gauze. Right, and he's able to he. There is a hobbling there, but this is a man who they literally say like, "Are can you stand?" And he's like, "Are you dumb? No, I can't stand." And then again, within I don't know a a couple hours, is able to run around. I don't know.
2: Yeah, there's also stuff like when they're sort of uh like like reconning this 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 mission uh, at the port of Los Angeles, and they see the security guards, and they're like, "Oh no, they're these." super you know uh, like tough ex-military they're like us but worse and then when they actually go through they're just like your stock henchmen that they're just picking like none of them provide the very least amount of resistance at all no. Like, yeah, like they're they're totally just in the background like it, I, and I was like well, why would you have that scene to set up how tough they are if they're like just complete stormtroopers or just pushovers you know I, I also just like I don't understand the villain. Like, why is, <laughs> why is anyone following him? Like, we don't see him do anything to show why he is, like, in charge or important. I don't really even know who he works for. And they say he works for the CIA, but clearly there's no way that someone who works for the CIA has this kind of leeway to just, like, warlord, whatever. I mean, like, what is he, the president of the CIA? Like, he's... he's yeah, he seems like a no- Bond villain. That down, down right.
0: to having the glove
2: right. right he is a bond villain like you would make much yeah. more sense as just some rich crazy People person yeah. right than working for a government agency
1: yeah I mean he there's no aside from the fact that they say he's associated with the the US government there's no reason you would ever think that he was i think I think you're 100 I hadn't thought about like what he actually was but bond villain is is it
2: yeah and he has a, an American flag pin on his on his. I kind I, that. I, I kind of loved that detail. That he no, it's it's great. I think it's I, that I, I actually thought it was hilarious. They, but...
1: I I think they realized it. They said this. There's no there's no tether, so we're gonna put we're gonna put a single silk string. Right, this is the, this is the connection. It's one string, and it is an American flag pin.
0: We need we need our villain to look like a Republican senator.
1: Basically, <laughs> what they did. Yeah. yeah. He, the other I, again, I, this is not a plot hole, but extremely weak point to the movie to me is that the 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 very bad bomb is called a snook, and it's just laughable. I need one to test and four to use. Four snooks. Like it just it doesn't. It makes you like there's you can't say snook, and I don't know if it's just the uh, South Park. You know, that, that, I think they have something similar. But, like, it's not, like, you can't say snook with it being, and be taken seriously.
0: Not only is it just, is it called a snook, they refer to it by its full name later on, which is the sonic
2: dematerializer.
1: Yeah, it's not a nuke. Right. It's not a nuke. Yeah.
2: It's also, like, like it's supposed to be, like, really scary. You see it, like, in action, it, like, disappears a small island, and you're like, Okay. But that's not as bad as a nuke. Like, at no, all. No. Like, it's no. so much less No, bad. well, he
1: says it's a. Uh, it's Environmental. A, you're in, yeah, you're green, like a green terrorist or something like that. That's, that's like, literally in, what he said. Yeah.
2: It's a sonic dematerializer,
0: better known as a snoop. For the 21st century green terrorist. Pure destruction, no pollution.
1: Uh, it doesn't it doesn't make any there's so much about this that makes no sense but what i do you have more i don't want to cut you off
2: oh i mean sure but, I, but i'd like no. to hear what everybody else has to say too
1: oh no i was just gonna say for all of these and we can get to 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 more like somehow and, and i'll say for me because i but like it all just works like it's despite all of these things i felt like this is this is a good time you know what i mean yeah
2: i think i would agree with that
1: no, I was not convinced.
2: <laughs> Will, what what, what else did you have in terms of just, you know, stuff that didn't add up or, or, or didn't make sense?
0: So the scene actually that we were describing with the armored truck and the helicopter that our Bond villain wants so badly to protect, maybe it's the information on it, but later on they're like, it's $400 million. And I was like, that's not, that doesn't seem like the kind of thing a Bond villain really needs to go after these days in 2021. That's just kind of like, Jump change probably to him so I'm gonna assume it is all the data that was on the drive that connects to different places the Bond villain has been operating because they make a reference to like this is all the places where it's been plugged in but the big one for me (laughs) was that it becomes clear at the end of the movie that Jason Patrick has purchased weapons of mass destruction that he doesn't know how to arm he has to have the guy he bought them from arm them for him why would you go through all this trouble for weaponry? You can't use yourself.
1: I mean, no. you know, listen, man, you're a manager. It's not, you know, like you, his job is to work with people, uh, <laughs> not technology. And, you know, I, I think that's just a manager level move. All right, fair enough. I, I'm a people person. Can't you yeah, people exactly. understand it? I you can't have the engineers talking to the customer yeah no I mean I no I I agree this is uh yeah it, that's a problem I
2: my, my biggest thing you know it just just generally is that they don't develop the characters enough for me to understand why they do a lot of the things that they do and and I just so so you're just kind of like all right <laughs> like I get that there's like tension between Idris Elba and our like main dude but like that really came out of left field that he was like willing to just like betray them. I was like, like Oh, okay. All right. Like I, I, that was the one thing I did not see coming. Kind of, like, I knew Max wasn't in the armored truck. Like from the very beginning of that scene, I was like, he's not in the armored truck. They never show him. He's not in the armored truck, but like, I did not really see him completely just like heel turning and then like ha- literally fighting to the death o- over this. Like I thought maybe, Oh, maybe he'll like come back around or something. I was like, okay, I, i don't know i don't know what any of these people are doing
1: (laughs) so yeah i mean i would say it is both it was definitely a surprise but they also do i mean it's they're not like light on those two seeing things differently right sure yeah um that that from the time in bolivia he says like you know he's like the troops like the i don't know if he says the troops or the crew or whatever he's like the crew is upset and uh, and and he, the 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 leader of, I'm blanking on his name right
0: now. He's uh, like, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey
1: Dean Morgan. Every time it escapes me. Jeffrey Dean Morgan says they're not upset, and he goes, "Okay, well I'm upset." And then then they literally get into a fist fight, um, or I guess Idris Elba is punched by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and they're like forced to apologize in a in a very patronizing uh, way, and like none of that is tantamount to like I'm going to turn you over to our to a guy i should still hate absolutely and i think that's a very weak spot but like there is clear like disagreement between those two characters
2: yeah 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 i mean that that's probably the thing that's the most set up in terms of yeah. <laughs> things that they yeah. actually like pay off at some point Well, I, while we're into the characters, let, let's let's talk more uh, about about the characters. Was there, you know, on this rewatch, was there one that that maybe you you enjoyed more this time around? Was there one that, that maybe you had remembered more fondly that that didn't
1: hold up as well? Yeah, I mean, so I would say, like, I still I still liked him, but I don't know if if Chris Evans' character plays great in today's thing. But I don't think he's supposed to, right? I, like, I think he's supposed to be a little bit much. A little bit over the top in, in in negative ways will and i were talking just before we started like i there's a very like ryan reynolds vibe in deadpool like that de- like just like uh interjecting little jokes uh they're kind of not they're not always appropriate i mean it literally the movie opens on an american flag but then immediately after that it's puppet shows of of like monsters and then like it's like godzilla's trying to yeah, I mean, I don't even want to like, but like, it, it's you, not. You can,
0: I mean, you can curse if you Yeah,
2: mean, no, listen, like, yeah. This oh is... no, it's
1: not, but you know, <laughs> it's just like, oh no, don't, and it's like, come on, like, you're gonna like it. Oh God,
2: just keep him away from me, please. Don't let him near me. Oh no, oh God. Come on, baby, just relax into it.
1: Let Godzilla do his thing. Oh, uh, 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 Okay, okay, uh, come on, this is wrong on so many levels. Yeah, But again, over... I think that's a window into the character. Like, that is the character too. I don't know that they would change it significantly if it was made today, but I don't think it would be likable today.
2: Well, we, we always talk about, uh, you know, things that mark this as being of the time and era. And this is a, this 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 era. And I often refer to The Hangover because I feel like it's yeah, it yeah. was one of the last movies that like got a lot of stuff kind of in this in this you know oh this is funny right you know a window that like (laughs) we don't agree with uh very shortly afterward as a sort of collective society and then I remember watching in the theater after it had been recommended to be very heavily being like "Ooh, this movie really and and right I mean that fits right in like the opening gag is is like a rape gag basically and it's like oh cool that's all right that's where we're gonna go with this uh that's what we think is funny and and there's there's also to to that point we can kind of talk about this we talk talk about the of the time error references we, we can get back to two characters in, in a second but there, also jason patrick using this very Indian racist yeah. voice that yeah. like and, we, and we've talked about this in a number of episodes on on this podcast of you know you yeah he's the bad guy and so it's supposed to be another piece of like Oh yeah, you you're you're rooting against this person he's doing something awful, but it's also in the script. Like it's also right. somebody wrote into the script do this, you know, this imitation voice of the, of this of this Middle Eastern man like to, to be patronizing, making fun of these guys and like that's a choice that was made and made it all the way through to production and even if you are assigning it to the bad guy, it's still in the script. So So yeah, I think
1: they thought that would play as both distasteful and funny right when you try to have it both just distasteful
0: but one of the one of my issues with the movie just in general is that the the distasteful stuff isn't distasteful enough to to knock it over that edge into like oh wow we're really gonna go this far i mean it's a bloodless pg-13 movie right so it's literally like how edgy can we be in a comic that might get it showed on like a, a saturday evening or something it's it's not yeah. it, does, it doesn't go far enough for me to really appreciate the the bad mimicry and ethnic jokes i guess yeah i mean well, it, it's right. like cheap
2: easy points right they're just it's just it's it's oh we'll play this for laughs one way or another you know
1: yeah i mean i think to the point that like i mentioned there, there's some like deadpool vibes to to some of the style of jokes or whatever but it doesn't go i mean it's like 15 percent of deadpool in terms of content and it's like well that's how, how how do you expect to get that you know what i mean right i
2: i, I will say that i i actually appreciated the, the chris evans character uh, to, to the extent that like there were scenes where he <laughs> like when he's hitting on zoe saldana and he <sighs> just like gives up mid-sentence and walks away <laughs> i was like that's great like the, the like you didn't even try to like he's just he just he literally just just mid-sentence just and held breath exited the scene. Exit, walk like, away.
1: do you have any hobbies
2: when I was little, I collected
1: human ears. Good times. <laughs> but it's. Yeah,
2: I mean, like... I like
1: that running. I think there's also. I think it's funny that like you get Captain America, Chris Evans, and his whole thing throughout the movie is he can't talk to women. Yeah. Yeah, like Chris Evans, really? Yeah, right. That's his thing. Like he stumbles over his words with women constantly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I I enjoy I enjoyed that. Uh, that's maybe just in retrospect. Yeah, I I had written down the the Indian accent w- was, but again, I, maybe they play it that way now, but just not for laughs. Just as a dick move that this guy is unnecessarily. I mean, that's he goes out of his way to be an asshole. Right. You know. Right. And, but, and, but, yeah.
0: constantly too. It's but, all the time.
1: But,
2: but they they do sort of play him off as trying as like something someone that they want to be sort of funny in, in like a in like a Definitely funny. Yeah. Like 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 they they don't he's not just cold hearted, he's like cold hearted, but also like he has that like sarcasm or whatever that he like is supposed he's funny, to be funny for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and like he and shot I think- that woman holding the umbrella. I don't know. Was that supposed to be funny? I mean, I laughed. <laughs> Right. I don't know if that was intentional or unintentional. But they comedy. didn't like it was not played off. The scene just ended. Yeah. I know. That's why it worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I did I did really like. I don't know. It is funny now. Yeah, but, but but but
2: that's the thing. Like, right? Uh, are we supposed to be afraid of him, or like, are we supposed to laugh at that?
1: I don't. I don't know.
2: Like, I don't know if that's like a if that's a a, a eleven years later that is not how that was supposed to be interpreted kind of thing. You know, are we all just so cynical now that we're like,
1: <laughs> all right,
0: you know? I'm, like, I'm, I'm sure like, that's like, part of it. How yeah. dare you mess up that guy's umbrella? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I I thought. I also just on rewatch, like I always again, like I. I think I I like uh, Chris Evans' character the most. Just the 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 joke through jokes throughout, even though some of them are not as as uh, they don't hold up as well right now. But I really really took a liking to Jason Patrick's character in general. Like not he's the villain, but yeah, like I on, love buddy. what Jason I love what Jason Patrick did with the character. I should say like he really chose the scenery. I think. I think it's important to how the movie works that he's just as extra as he is throughout the whole thing what the hell was that you gave me the nod i hit him in the face nod not a throw him off the roof nod
2: i thought that's what you wanted
0: at most at most that was a break his fingers nod jesus wade the man was a scientific genius granted his weight signaled certain impulse control issues but that's no reason to throw his fat ass off 57 floors. Sorry.
2: I just wish that we had, again, we've talked about this in other, for other movies. I wish with every character, but especially with him, that we had some sort of a, a scene in the beginning. Like we talked about this with Gone in 60 Seconds, where like the villain is just like, you're like, why am I scared of this guy? This guy is a wimp. Like he, Like, right. we do not see something where we're like, oh, This is why people listen to him. This is, and like, this is why he owns some sort of leverage over them. And this is why he's feared and and or respected or whatever. Like, there's none of that. There's just, there's no, there's no indication of like, why is some really like badass mercenary just like, yes, sir, no, sir. Yeah, I'll get a fire team for you, sir. Like, what, why, why is he following his orders? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's just, there's no, there's no sort of establishment of like, okay, this is somebody to be feared.
0: It would be nice if there was some kind of line in between the child murder and randomly shooting a woman who messed up his umbrella in the head that gave us a little bit more, yeah, of his backstory. Something like, well, he's been doing wet work for 25 years or something. You know, even the Russians right. are afraid of him. Anything, anything that's just like a little bit of a line to give us a little bit of a hint about
1: his something, his Something to his history that would have led us to be like, okay, I mean, like we haven't seen it but there's something bad there that everyone understood. Oh, remember this? Yeah, that was him. Right. That's all you, yeah. Do you know this, uh, Couple you lines. Know, you put a yeah. city yeah. and incident, right? It's like, Oh, the Barcelona incident. Yeah, that was him. Okay. Oh yeah. There you go. Perfect. Sure. Yeah. 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 Like that that's really it. I do think that the plan was to get into that in a sequel, which again, they very clearly planned. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and then we just don't get it. And like, I, to the to the point is though that like this is you can't count on that and like again all you need is a hint and and you're you're pretty much there I mean I do think on some level shooting the woman because a wind a stiff wind blew the umbrella uh so that he, it wasn't providing shade over his head uh gives you some level of understanding of his volatility so that is some level of fear but but to your point like wade the character holt, holt macklan who I thought was was very good in his role is extremely subservient in ways that you just don't really understand. And I think maybe like the the CIA aspect is supposed to do some of the lifting on that, like this chain of command type thing, but they also seem completely outside any sort of chain of command. So it's very confusing.
2: Well, and and he also, you know, he gets talked up as, oh God, Wade, like he's like, he's so, he's so fierce. And then he also dies pretty basically and like it's it's like the most it's the most dramatic scene for sure but literally he's just like riding a motorcycle and then dies like from his perspective right like not yeah. not not, not right. talking about like what happens within the scene but like like he doesn't actually show that he like he doesn't even like injure anybody like at no at no point yeah. really did I feel like any of the characters were in any danger From, is, like, yeah. like like that that I think it, it, like really I never was like any of these good guys are gonna die they're all gonna make it they're all no, gonna I, be fine they, they never felt like there was any like actual oh eh, I don't know if they're gonna maybe kill somebody off you know as part of
1: this yeah I mean I was honestly surprised that that poosh got shot in both legs like I really didn't think they'd even go there
2: Let's talk about the soundtrack a little bit. I I kind of didn't even. I mean, I, I was. I It wasn't what I was focused on, but like, it seemed like a pretty stock action movie kind of kind of you know lots of lots of high energy background. Um, anything stand out to you about the soundtrack? Uh, and, and, and anything you know
1: really stick out this time around? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, Black Betty is an absolute jam. I mean, that was,
0: that was a great way to start the movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I I mean, look, I'm not gonna say that this was not as you described, kind of like mostly typical of a, of an action movie, but I thought the song choices, the the ones that stuck in my mind, and and there's there's three, right? There it's it's uh, Black Betty, which is again just a good time, and I thought it worked for the the scene that they chose it. There's U R A Fever by the the Kills, which is both sex scenes basically, or like leading into the sex scenes with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Zoe Saldana. I thought, it, I, I thought it was a great soundtrack to what they were doing on, on, you know, there's one's a fight scene or or like it's like a sex fighting. I don't know. It's very weird. Uh, weird vibe, but kind of worked. Is that, I, I is that not how you do it? Is or... that not what it was, Oh, is that, was that <laughs> am I different? Am I? Okay. Interesting. Um, and then Don't Stop Believing. It got Chris, like this
0: close to being properly diegetic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so Chris Evans, like is singing it at first and then they bring it in at kind of a crescendo moment, which I thought was just very fun, I love. I mean, we. I love that scene, straight from him going in as the delivery guy to being so repellent to the people in the in the lobby to clear the elevator. To uh, I don't this 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 is something I just picked up on this time around when he calls the uh, the guy to get him out of his office. He says that his name is uh, Richard Hertz.
2: I, I didn't catch that. Oh, <laughs> there it is. I get it. Okay. There it is. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, just all, that whole thing where he's up in the, the, yeah, he's in the elevator. Well, and, you, and,
2: and you realize that he's actually intentionally exposing himself, That that's not unintentional, but that's part of this whole thing thing to get the hr guy out to the delight of all the women on that floor right right yeah, the one time well, that the women respond well to him
1: well and he still is awkward right that's still a like he doesn't he just kind of stares at them as like you liking the angle of the dangle i don't know how well that play, i mean <laughs> i enjoyed it but uh yeah the whole and then he calls it in uh yeah the, that whole thing and then the telekinesis portrayal in in that little uh elevator lobby type Type thing I thought was fantastic. Yeah, I I love that whole thing, and and that's when they play the the uh, you know, Don't Stop Believing. So I thought those three stood out to me. Everything else is kind of uh, yeah. I mean, like there there are some decent songs in there, but it just I nothing else really stood out in the moment. That's
2: most of it. Will, will anything uh, anything stand out to you? Literally, exactly the same. Uh,
0: that's it's all three of those songs were the ones I was going for um the only thing I did want to mention is since I am a huge fan of that high-rise heist scene is that he does make reference to being part of a government super soldier project which is is funny now
1: (laughs) right I'm warning you I am a lethal
2: killing machine it was a secret government experiment they did stuff to me Spooky stuff, right? But, well, well, what year was Captain America? I mean, it was that was pretty close, right? Oh gosh, it's, it's got it's got to be right around it, the same. It's right time.
0: around there, yeah. Maybe he had just learned he got the role, and they,
2: uh,
1: 2011 is the first. Event. Literally a year later, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also I, I I don't know how it plays. This is this is not soundtrack related, but just in the telekinesis scene, I, I was thinking of uh, Cougar, who we haven't talked about yet, as part of this uh, super squad or whatever you want to call it has, I think, three lines the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Did he do anything? I, I I don't know. He's just, he like, he's part of the whole movie. He's the sniper guy throughout the whole thing. He barely talks. Uh, he just kind of smolders.
2: Well, and he is arguably the most important in terms of the action. I mean, yeah. he's the yeah. one who facilitates that whole scene. He's the one who facilitates killing Idris Elba at the end. <laughs> I mean, that's, like, he's... He is, action-wise, like their most valuable guy. Uh, and, and he
0: had one of the funniest moments in the movie, which is way early on. on at the cemetery? Inn, at the cemetery, and <laughs> he gets off the bike, Chris <laughs> Evans gets off the bike, and they're being driven by some mamacitas, and Chris Evans goes and thinks about maybe kissing the one that's well, driving him, right. and then
2: Cougar grabs he, the bike. He kisses <laughs> the one driving him. Then Chris Evans goes, and he just pushes him away and kisses her <laughs> also. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah very good but yeah i mean right he's he does not have a lot of speaking lines uh it it
1: was just wild so he's like a a, an actor in spain i i i looked this up but it's just wild something i guess that they said like we're gonna we're gonna take like this is a central character to the the movie and i honestly not more than five lines he says something in spanish to the kids in bolivia he has a one word answer a little bit later. And I think he's got one other one in between, but like he he is really hardly, he's both like omnipresent and hardly in the movie.
2: I, I almost wish that they had just had him not speak english and then like only speak spanish you know like you treat him almost like a Groot character you know what i mean like where he he just has like one thing that he's always that he's and 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 you know what he's saying and and it's it's all just a motive and and you know it it works because like because it's a bit but like yeah right if you're gonna have him say that little like make it pay off right it's like the uh what the the vinnie jones character and in um Oh, in Ga- Ga- in a Ga- gone 60 seconds, who he like, oh, the, or, oh, oh. Or, or whatever is it? I don't know, where he like doesn't talk until the end, and then he has this. The, it's oh, in Ga- shit, you're, right. Seconds. you're right, he has the, right. The, like the very poignant monologue at the end where he like like espouses this whole thing, right? And it's, I don't know, you're right. If you're, if you're gonna make that decision to like basically not have him say anything, then you know, pay it off in some way. We, we talked a little bit about sort of things that mark this as being a very 2010 movie was, was there anything else you know uh, other than other than some of the jokes and 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 the the voice imitations anything else that really marked this as time and era
1: i mean within within the film itself i i couldn't tell i was interested in what you guys thought whether chris evans hair was intentional like so it's 2010 he's got like severely frosted tips it, uh, uh, th- through most of the movie and I don't know if that was just an intentional choice to make him see because that really was 2010 is not really the era for Frosted Tips. No. But I don't know. I I thought there was there was clearly something intentional about giving him that, maybe just to make him not as attractive as he is. To I, I don't know, to to give him some reason like the, the character wouldn't be as confident or or something like that. But I don't know. There was a I I just you wouldn't even see someone do that as a joke now. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it, it, uh, it seemed to be, as I, I thought, as part of the, the sort of character as a whole, as, mm-hmm. you know, to 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 paint this guy as being insecure or just, like, not having any clue what he's doing.
1: Yeah, the, the otherwise, the only other of an era thing about the movie itself is the number of people. I mean, we haven't gone through the entire cast here, but, like, it is, it is Idris Elba. It is Zoe Saldana. It is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It is Chris Evans. It is uh, Jason Patrick to get all of those people in a movie for you couldn't do it for $25 million today. I I mean, like this, I think Elba was mostly not a a movie actor at that point Uh, was mostly TV. Right. It it was post the wire,
2: but like pre a lot of his, his larger roles.
1: Yeah. And I think the same for, I mean, again, Chris Evans had not been captain America yet. I mean, again, just getting all these people in a movie like this, yeah, I don't. I I think like again, I would love to see a second losers movie, but you can't do it. I like not these people wouldn't, you know, they all have obligations. You know what I mean? Well, like, and considering
0: get... how frequently the movie shows us that I sell in his butt, it's, it's probably <laughs> unlikely to, to yeah. jump well, back into that, that kind that of role.
2: <laughs> so, which, which which to some extent paints it into that era. Just yeah. just how much the camera kind of focuses there the big one is is purely geographic and it's not the fault of the filmmakers but that
0: satellite array in Puerto Rico doesn't exist anymore
2: yeah oh, i was wow. going to talk about point. that so i i <laughs> i, I want to get into that i also uh, we had talked about sort of the the absurdity of of the algorithm and everything but just the idea of a courier drive holding $400 million instead of that just being cryptocurrency. I I actually, you know,
1: I did write that down. I was like, this is just like Bitcoin, I guess solves this. Like I don't. The proto Bitcoin. Maybe that's where it came from. Who knows?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) To your point about that satellite array, the thing that I, that I almost like my biggest takeaway, maybe from this whole movie is the way that it kind of just ripped off a bunch of other movies in this genre in the sense that that same satellite array is what was used in GoldenEye and then the big like dramatic like late scene in, you know, early, late 90s, early aughts, James Bond and also Max being the singular name of the villain was the singular name of the villain in Mission Impossible, the very first Mission Impossible, Max, of course, turned out to be a woman, but it was the same thing. It was like this mysterious person who, who was sort of pulling all of the strings. And I was like, are we just literally taking every, like a little bit from every other like franchise of, of action movie to, to make this happen?
1: Well, and the, the only thing to me that I, I, and I don't know, I've not investigated this, is that like, I don't know what the comic is. Like, yeah, is that just straight out of the comic? Like, yeah, is that no source material? Or is that a choice to just say, like, yeah, this is a thing that works. Uh, people have done this before. Let's let's do that. The, the other part about that satellite array is, like, I, they do specifically talk about what some connection it has to whatever's going on. But, like, it's, you don't need to be there. No. There's no reason you're there other than, just, like, look just at scenery. the satellite.
0: Yeah. yeah. And just to save myself some headaches later, I don't actually know specifically where that satellite array is but i know that the film was made in puerto rico so i'm guessing yeah it's
2: it's in it's either in the caribbean or or in in south america i i i i know but i right it's it's used in Goldeneye. like i i I remember it very specifically from that and i instantly was like oh right that's the exact same place (laughs) and and you know right they we have jason patrick's character kind of say like do you know what this is do you know what this is but then there's no there's no like payoff of that. He's, he's it's yeah, just he like, starts oh. talking about
0: pulsars and deep space and string theory, and I'm like, okay.
1: Yeah. What yeah. what are we doing with all that? It, like I, the, I'm a smart have read CAA books too. Guy. I'm yeah. a smart okay. CIA guy and you're you're like the the thug.
2: Right. You're muscle. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's really just like don't question my authority. Like this is why I am where I am and you are where you are. Right. But there again, to your point, like there's no payoff to like, does he know what those things are? Were you no just idea. asking questions? It's kind of like, did the writers know what algorithms on the mainframe was? Or like were you just saying it to try and be like, listen, don't ask questions. Algorithms are on the mainframe. I'm gonna, gonna algorithm
0: gonna your later. mainframe so hard. <laughs> Buddy, if you step out of line one more time, their mainframe is mine.
2: Just as a random, so I, I uh, normally we do Gaucho Watch where I try to find a connection between uh, the movie and my alma mater, the University of California, Santa Barbara. I've had a very busy week and I didn't have time to do Gaucho Watch this week. So instead, uh, as we are both sports writers, Craig, uh, yeah. I, I would just like to say that the funniest line, there were you know plenty of attempts at humor and try to keep it light along the way. But to me, the funniest line in the entire film came in the final 90 seconds when Chris Evans said this is worse than the NBA get off the field. Get the yeah ball, you <laughs> That probably... A to the ground, I, I want to know who you How high does go?
1: Yeah. the At yeah. the, NBA. the I love that whole after <laughs> scene. In the I mean the the whole the through line. I think the thing, the fact that they pay off the petunias. Yeah. It's but good. they don't pay off like major parts of the plot i
2: i almost wish they hadn't paid off the childbirth and only paid off the two yeah, <laughs> like
1: yeah absolutely
2: if you're, uh, if you're gonna just leave everything else open oh yeah like... okay
1: so that that's the other thing not only is pooch able to walk once he's gauzed up but how much they had video of his of his girlfriend of his wife they showed he was married of his wife right, going into uh, labor right like, or, or at least like holding her stomach, you know, that it was very soon, and then he's climbing up a bu- he's grappling, hooking up a building, and like right. running in with no issues whatsoever.
2: Yeah, tenant yeah. tenant style, just just straight <laughs> straight leaping up. Yeah, right. Just like yeah. Chris Evans. I mean, gunshot wounds exactly. are you know they're hangnails basically.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, no, the Petunias thing was really good. I think, I think my favorite line, like humorous line in this movie is. Uh, Jason Patrick, it's in the port of Los Angeles and Jason Patrick strolls in and the guy says, where's my money? And he goes, you know, you're you're always about money. No, how are you? How's everything going? And then he looks to the guy's other scientific friend and he just goes, you really are short. (laughs) And it's just delivered so perfectly. And he goes, how much do you weigh? Are you standing in a hole? Like his, he's just, again, like he's really committed to this bit of being like a weird irreverent bad guy and i i think a lot of it they they play it off very well there's the part when he calls uh wade and he was like kill the 18-man fire squad that i asked you to put together 15 times and the guy's like ah. right and he's like what's with the attitude do you have related right yeah (laughs) you have you have family and he's like well yeah actually one guy and he's like well you know he's like it's my brother-in-law i said i'd kill him like all of those little bits really do like they worked
2: yeah yeah i mean i'll I'll, I'll sort of handling it both ways they do work but also then when he makes the really horrible jokes you've established that he's the funny guy so yeah. then this is supposed to be funny. Like, it, it, yes. you know, eh, it, 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 it gets both ways there for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Well, did you have a, did you happen to have a favorite, uh,
0: quip? I, I actually did enjoy a lot of the lines in this and I'm, it, they're delivered with more sincerity than our post Joss Whedon Marvel era. There's a little bit more to the delivery, especially from Chris Evans. So when Chris Evans, <laughs> you know, they've rescued the children and they're escaping this fireball. And he goes, I liked the part where we were on fire.
1: My favorite part
2: was when we were completely on fire, but the shootout, that was good times.
0: I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, there we go. That's the kind of equipment I need. Don't Joss Whedon this too hard, but then they did kind of Joss Whedon it pretty hard. They did.
1: Yeah, there's definitely, definitely a Joss Whedon I mean, it is it is weird. Like none of this is out of place given what we've seen with Marvel and all of those those scripts and kind of how they're delivered except that this was before them. i mean that's yeah, kind of the yeah. weird part of it all that's that it doesn't seem out of place except for that it probably was to some degree at at the time
0: it's got to be the comic book thing that's yeah. all i can think yeah
2: and not that any of us need to feel older but it's it, we are now several marvel movies are eligible for this podcast oh, <laughs> we've reached we've reached the 10-year oh, threshold God, on 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 the entry to the uh to the mcu so uh yeah <laughs> that, that may be coming in the future all right well knowing that this was clearly set up to be a sequel based on the fact that they let the villain walk away based on sort of the way that that they arranged a lot of things what what do we think has happened to these characters within this world in a sequel world you know what wh- what has happened in, in this intervening now 11 years since since this film came out, Craig. This
1: is this is the part I was I, I wouldn't say dreading. I'm just like, I'm not I'm I'm not imaginative enough on, on a lot of this stuff to to project out. You know, like this is why, you know, for baseball perspectives, I have Pakoda to do projections. I don't I don't, you know, I think like the easiest one to me is like Pooch would be just like a dad, right? I mean, like, but I don't know, it's it's hard for me too because like Chris Evans isn't a real person. Like the his character is is a it's a caricature. Like this is not how anyone behaves. I mean, like they give you a I guess a hint of like a psycho uncle, you know, with sports with his with his niece. Uh sure, why why not? He's, uh, he's, 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 Roy, he's Roy Kent, right? <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. I don't have Apple plus, so I haven't, I haven't seen it. So I, but yeah, (laughs) my understanding from what I've read, I don't avoid spoilers or anything, but yeah, I I mean, uh, Cougar is probably in a relationship with multiple women based on what we've seen. Uh, You know, just being a hunk who doesn't talk. The strong silent sniper type. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a character type. Jeffrey. I mean, like Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Zoe Saldana are not together. You can't have that. He killed Mother. her father. He killed her father. <laughs> You're making a face, Will.
0: I have something to say about that, Friendo. Okay.
1: Okay. I just Jeffrey D. Morgan, I think, is just I would imagine would lean even harder into his obsession with Max. Because I think he he talks about like his ability to let it go or whatever. But I mean, look, part of this is, is again, you said they were angling for a sequel, but like he he seems like the type who's unable to let it go, even if it's not right at the surface.
2: Well, he said, "I know, I know what you look like now." No, I and mean, like, there's but, a very clear, like. Well, and I, also, he
1: was obsessed yeah. with them just from the voice. I mean, to, right. to your to to what we opened up the podcast saying, like, would you leave this area? Like, I wouldn't have left that area. Uh, they they seemed, for all intents and purposes, like kind of the best setup they were gonna have. No one was looking for them until Zoe Saldana came. But oh, speaking of plot holes, like, why did like that was one of the weirdest. Entrances, I think, for a character to me. It's un the, the fight scene, like why were they fighting? She pulls a gun on him and then offers him a job. My
2: so we it know sucks. that she got we know that she got paid off the, the four million dollars, right? We find yes. out later, and that's why she can fund the op and the whole thing. And like to me that that must have meant that she knew she knew all along kind of right that they were that they were involved in this whether or not they Why actually they killed they her fight? father but like <clears throat> yeah i don't know
1: yeah no i mean i and i think that's just the movie being weird cuz it is literally like i'm going to pull a gun on you and then like here's the deal i want you to do a hit job for me right
0: well but- I, I there's a there's a line that i use on this podcast pretty frequently and it's just because the movie needed to happen
1: right right yeah right and that's and that's fair um but yeah i i think that's that's tough yeah i i don't know none of this is is very uh original or anything but yeah i i don't know i that i I struggle with with projecting this far out
2: well did you have any any uh ideas about characters
0: I don't think they make it off the dock before they're having sex again. Those two are nuts. I don't know why oh. she's so obsessed with him. Because she just jumps him. Literally she literally jumps him. At I, one point. I was
2: I was very surprised actually. I, I at some point during the film, I was like, what what is the age gap between these two? Mm-hmm. And yeah, was, it's only question. it's only and I use only in a couched way but it's only 12 years which i thought was going to be i thought it was gonna be more like 20 it's years less than i thought right it, me, me me are 11 years, so. it is it is Let. it is less than i thought it was going to be <laughs> that is the point Like I, I mean i really thought it was going to be like 20 years like like i was like what is this like 50 year old doing but i'm like oh i guess they're actually not that far apart of I mean, it's 12 is not insignificant but it's but it's compared to, to sort of what we see a lot in, and what we've we've seen far worse in movies that we've had on this podcast. Absolutely, but now uh, you're making
1: me feel gross because Reem and
0: I are eleven
2: years. Well, you know, these things happen.
1: It makes you feel better. Uh, my father and his second wife for twenty five years, so you're all good. Thanks, go. pal. Yeah, <laughs> um,
2: but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I assume that that if, if they have a sequel in mind, they're plotting them as this still volatile couple because she's still. <laughs> You know, is Absolutely. curious that he yeah. murdered her father, uh, but they still have this whatever inexplicable
1: attraction to one another. Very yeah. well see, I think they would have had them broken up, but like still in like the, sure. the, the chemistry is still there.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand. Again, I've never, I don't understand from the very first second to right now how Max could possibly be working for the CIA. It doesn't make any sense. But if he is still working for the CIA, then he's still working for the CIA and he's still funded by the American government and there's still, like he still has backing, right? I mean, like, I don't assume that's changed based on this. If they they have let him be this crazy motherfucker this whole time, then surely they're behind this in whatever world this is. So like, I assume that, whatever this looks like down the road he still has some sort of power and is pulling whatever strings and they're still at each other's throats
1: yeah it's interesting because they like he's he's this exaggerated version of uh not not even a particular person but like this this i mean like the US government does have an interest in perpetuating wars and and right like these these motives all exist but like he's like this the one guy making it happen by I, you know, n- with sonic dematerializers and and again, like the there the was a, never not going to make you laugh. A, a, yeah, what is that even? Anyway, the the, the the there was a guy shot off a motorcycle who went into a jet uh engine and then the jet blew up uh, at the port of Los Angeles and then everyone just moved on. Like, yeah. The, like and I understand the idea is like the government will have covered that up cuz their guy was involved but like I don't think you can just I don't know I don't think also there was like a billion dollars in cash Yes that's a wild thing to even have in any capacity and and and, and, and
0: and five and, nuclear well not nuclear dematerializers that you know if the Canary Islands go
2: missing on Tuesday <laughs> they're probably going to be checking to see what Max was doing you know very weird I maybe the the most unrealistic thing though was that 5 minutes after sort of this all went down he somehow was on a Los Angeles city bus.
1: Yeah, I oh. didn't I mean all of those there were like the other part is that there were like three endings kind of yeah. to the to the movie and there were like these these little vignettes to say like here's how it's all going even though we are planning on a sequel uh and also like it was like he's gotten his comeuppance but his comeuppance was like he almost got roughed up by some guys on a los angeles bus yeah. who took they his, watch. Stole his watch right <laughs> like that's his comeuppance he's the evil guy yeah
0: they, they got to maintain their cartoon bond
2: villain man right like, well he, he can, got he he shot in the shoulder by or like i
1: Jimmy did like i guess that. protagonist i did like that he said what are you're not gonna shoot me? And like before he even finished the sentence, he was shot in the arm. That right. was it. Yeah. I liked that. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it fits sort of with the absurdity of the character. I mean, he's almost Monty Python like in that sense, where just like Stuff is happening and you're just, you're just remarking on what's happening instead of like feeling anything or reacting to it in yeah. like a logical way. I mean, way. very
1: Bond villain, right. It's It was not a monologue to tell you, here's my evil plan, but it was, I mean, but there were, it was just exposition in a lot of, in a lot of points. And it was, uh, I mean, literal, like right after he gets shot, he was like, you're the good guy. So you have to make decisions. Here you go. Like you have to decide to save a bunch of people or get me.
2: Well, we know that the sequel was not made, but could this movie as it is get made again today?
1: I I think so. I don't I think it's of a piece with a lot of these movies again. I think there are certain tweaks they would they would tone down. Um I I do think a lot of the uh comic book and even action movies that we get now are a little bit better on plot, which isn't to say they're good on plot because this is really bad, but I think, and I mentioned this before, we talked about it before, like this is 90, 95 minutes, something like that. And I miss that about action movies. Like I think this is, for what, everything that it glosses, that it elides, like is kind of compensated by the fact that it's over in the right amount of time. And I don't know if that means it could, like, so I don't know if this gets made today because I think to your point, like those scenes that you're talking about that need to be, more fleshed out, probably do get fleshed out and then some. Like I think this ends up as a two hour, 10 minute movie if made today.
2: Yeah. Right. I mean, it's definitely different. Like it, like it, it probably takes a slightly different shape. Well, what do you think?
0: I think it could definitely get made today. And what I would actually want to see happen to allude to both of your points, keep it under two hours. But also bring back Peter Berg, who is really legitimately good at writing and directing action movies. Yeah, He, he did the rundown with The Rock, and that's arguably one of it's my... It's a great movie. It's a great fucking movie. It's legitimately just solid, awesome fun. And this kind of reminded me of that. And it wasn't until later I realized that Peter Berg had, had written it or co-written it. So I think bring Berg back in have a different writing partner this time, someone who can tighten the stuff that needs to be tightened, get rid of some more offensive things that are in the film (laughs) for for obvious reasons. But then yeah, give everyone, give each character another minute to 90 seconds of backstory and then you're only up to, you're still under two hours. Maybe you'd hit like an hour 50.
2: Yeah, I mean, That's the biggest thing to me is, is that, that missing, like, and, you know, Craig mentioned Deadpool, you know, Deadpool. If you really look at the plot of Deadpool, like the first one, it's pretty thin. There's not a whole lot there. There's not a whole lot that actually really happens in that movie. It is very much character study. Uh, It is, it is all driven by, by him. And if you, if you spent more time having fun with these characters so that you cared more about the characters then you wouldn't care as much about the fact that like the plots kind of what like, like you would just appreciate them for who they are more, I think. And yeah, it, whether that's pre that sort of initial scene uh, and you get to meet them all individually or whether it's just throughout the movie and you get to know them individually, that's I think what, what's missing the most. And, and you could, you could really, you know, not have to, you still wouldn't have to take it, any more seriously than than they do, which they don't. Uh and and you could you could just let everybody shine in, in the ways that that they're able to as there's a lot of good actors in this movie. Like let them let them let them do their thing. Let them have fun with it and be a little a little more fleshed out than than they are. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean it it, it really is a shame. I mean we talked about the the names in it, but like the everyone really does play their part. Like they 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 went for it. They, they were in it felt like they were into the movie right that they yeah. were and and i think that's what makes it work for me because it you know if you get people who aren't like this the, all the holes that we talk about become like really problematic well there's that but in addition to that like
0: everyone's really distinct which is sometimes yeah. very hard to do with like an ensemble movie i'm not gonna say i identified with the characters but like they were distinct enough that yeah as you said the actors were into it and i was believing what they were doing
1: yeah, I mean the, you know you talked about getting a different writing partner. I don't know if you guys have seen a Game Night, or you You know, it's just a.
2: I know it, but I haven't seen it. I did not like that movie.
1: Okay, so I was so John John Francis Daly. Uh, he and his his writing partner like rewrote the whole thing. It was I I don't know why I, I looked into it at some point and and discovered all this, but I think that kind of of. Right, I mean, to avoid the Josh Whedon aspect, but like, the, I I like I really like John Francis Daly who's who's Freaks and Geeks, and he, he he's was on Bones, and uh, he's an actor, but he does this the writing as well. Um, I I think someone like him, along with you know, like alongside someone like Peter Berg, who as you said is does these really well, um, would and and there's like an attention to detail that he has, like they pay off a lot in John Francis Daley scripts that I think would would really benefit something like this if they were gonna redo it or or do a sequel if they ever could or you know something like that.
0: Yeah, you try to fill in the weaknesses of of whoever your writing partner is. So I could I could definitely see Peter Berg being matched with yeah, like a dude like that, or even um, the guys who did like Zombieland. Land. Zombieland yeah. is like a ridiculous goofy comedy action film. So Peter Berg does the action, get one of the guys who just did the comedy writing for for Zombieland and there you go. You're off for the races.
1: So one of, one of the interesting things I, I meant to ask earlier and I forgot is like, th- so this is this is a very typical action movie. Uh, I don't think the action, I mean, there's not like an overwhelming amount of action and also it's not particularly good. Yeah, so the
0: problem I, is that Berg didn't direct this. He just
1: right, it. right. Well, I thought it was, I was looking at the director and he had done Stomp the Yard right before this. And also, oh, right, no. so, so he had done, uh yeah he did I'll, I'll always know what you did last summer uh and stomp the yard where his two preceding uh movies and then directly after this switched to television only that uh yeah okay
2: <laughs> yeah well i mean when you think about like the climactic scene like the climactic scene is like 25 seconds long like it's yeah. like, like there's no build-up i i remember literally feeling like oh oh this is the big scene they are. Okay, oh yeah. I I I didn't know it was the big scene until we saw a man going into the airplane engine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. I didn't realize that. Like, oh, because there was there wasn't really a buildup. Like, it no, did not was. do yeah. it did not do the build that like you expect, and and the sort of like almost over the top layers. It's, it's you know. almost
1: at the same level throughout the entire movie. Like, there's yeah. no there's not a ton of drop off. There are some, but it, there's no escalation.
0: Right. Well, the other thing was the pacing is really off. It's
2: it's, it's,
1: just, it's I was, just I was
0: I was checking yeah I was checking the runtime, and I was like we gotta have a we have to have a finale in the next like three minutes. Where what's <laughs> happening?
1: Where are we going? Yeah, what? yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. Like putting, I'll, I'll always know what you did last time. Like there is a very horror. Like I'm just gonna skip over this part. Like this, we're new scene. Like horrors. We're we're moving on. Like this thing happened. Oh, that you're right. Exactly and and right down to uh Idris Elba just pulling out i don't know how many knives he that man had so many fucking knives in this <laughs> I did appreciate again that they paid it off at the end he just chucked one knife i also i really liked it reminded me of the uh the scene uh why am i blanking on on cuz i am blanking on it cuz i didn't see the movie but it was a, it was a famous clip uh in the previews where i think it's Henry Cavill like loads his they they do like a gun loading sound when he moves his fist in a in a mission uh, impossible in mission impossible <laughs> yeah which is a great i mean that's an incredible thing to do to be very clear but idris elba licking his knives right before a fight what i mean why but also i loved it why not I don't know. Yeah, yeah why yeah. not
2: great <laughs> right. I, I imagine that conversation happening on set somebody
1: goes why some goes why not I, okay. I just, I sure. really hope Idris Elba was like, "I'm gonna lick these knives right before this fight." Like, sure, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good, Idris. Good note. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. Well, we have uh, we have fully dissected this from from start to finish, and every bit that could be improved or tweaked along the way. So we must answer the final question, the all important question, the reason this podcast exists. Craig, do you still
1: like this movie? I do. I do. I think it's very clear. I, I, for all its faults, I, I, think I love it for its faults in a lot of ways. Like it is, it's just a good time. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I liked it.
2: Well, what, what were your, hey, This was your first time, as it was mine. What, what were your thoughts on it? The only thing that I wish is that it was a little bit harder on
0: the violence. It's, it's yeah. obnoxious to me to watch a PG thirteen action movie where I can see the squibs, I can see bullets entering bodies, but there's no blood, and I'm immediately just kind of checked out to a certain extent but i did have a ton
2: of fun it was very goofy very silly and it's only 97 minutes yeah i feel like pg13 is the hardest of a of a rating to to appeal to me cuz mm-hmm. because you know that it's going to kind of half ass a bunch of stuff like because because it's it's so much of what it does is do, is done with the idea of what are the, what are the restrictions that we have to stay underneath in order for this not to be an R-rated movie. And and so, and so there's going to be like sexiness, but no sex. And there's going to be violence, but no blood. And there's, you know, like, like, and so like, like, like it, 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 it's going to play everything kind of 60%. And, and you just, you know that and you kind of have to swallow that going in, but like, right. Yeah. This would have been better as an R movie, I think. Yeah. Yes. And the comedy could have been been better. The the action could have been better. The sexiness could have been better. Like every every bit of it could have could have been a little more than it was. And it probably would have stuck a little harder.
1: I think, you know, to go back, if this was made today, it's an R movie. And I don't think it's even quite like just the where we went from 2010 to to, to the to 2021 in what we're willing to accept is like I you know back then it was and, and this is going off memory so and i again i'm not the movie expert or anything close so so you guys correct me if i'm wrong but like it it was like you wanted to be pg-13 to capture this like bigger audience yeah and absolutely. that and to me that just doesn't exist now
2: well I, I what i'll say is for for a comic book movie most of the comic book movies are still pg-13 right i mean that yeah. that's really? the really? point I've, yes except, except for Deadpool, strength. except yet. for deadpool and, and that's the thing is deadpool deadpool, deadpool went hard r and shot through the mold, and that's why it was so successful. And yeah. and that's the thing is 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 so many of these are PG thirteen because they right because they want they don't want to scare off you know families, and they want kids to be able to go see them, even though they're like really violent. You know, I mean, like like the idea of what is acceptable in PG thirteen is insane in lots of ways in terms of what they allow through what it's and what they to don't. Be. Yeah, right. and, and yeah. It doesn't but,
0: help that Disney owns Marvel now.
2: Yeah, and Fox. But, but right, but I mean, like like this being pre-Deadpool if this was post-Deadpool it would look more like Deadpool
1: yeah yeah I think yeah. I agree with that. yeah I think right maybe I guess the idea is that they wouldn't they wouldn't worry about that with this particular property yeah you know like
2: well that. because we've seen it be a, a commercial success we've seen a movie be able to go there as a comic book movie and succeed anyway Craig anything you'd like to uh to to plug here uh or, well, or talk, I, talk about or did yeah, you did you like it yeah i mean it's i i like my action movies to have a little more either like we talked about not having like the, the crazy action scenes like i have more action that's just dumb you know and brainless and whatever right. or have more intelligence behind them like a right. mission impossible right that has yeah. twists and it has in your gear you aren't quite sure what's going on until a certain point like like one or the other yeah it's, it
1: did it did feel like it wanted to be both of those to, to yeah. some degree and was not either of those yeah and again i i really think it succeeds on vibes for me and it is not like to like all of these points extremely valid to me i don't disagree i i totally got where you're coming from
2: I, yeah, I i'm not gonna watch it again anytime soon but i don't regret watching it which yeah. believe me that is, that is not nothing when it comes to say, films, for this podcast films that this, we that I've watched great. in the last several months. There are lots of ones where I get to the end and I'm just like I'll never get that time back. <laughs> that's I, I will never get that time back. I will die without those two hours. So I, I don't feel that way.
1: Yeah, I think this is uh, this to me should be a movie that's just like on on a Saturday at, at noon. Yeah, you know like counter programming to football because like no one should really be watching this but sure we have to run something fine Uh, and the the good
2: news is if you like miss a couple minutes you didn't really miss anything because it wasn't explained (laughs) anyway
1: <laughs> yeah, no, well said for yeah to plug things uh you yeah, know baseball prospectus I'm the the editor-in chief of baseball prospectus Noah uh, writes there I'd yeah, I call it frequently I I'm sure it's a, a good baseball website and uh, it's it's not a it is a subscription site but it's not onerous. If you see anything that you want to to read that's not or uh, that that is a uh, paywalled but you're not there yet just let me know. I will. Uh, I can pull it out from behind the paywall and let you read it. I'm happy to do that. Upcoming, we have our our annual. It's the 27th edition of the the BP annual, and uh, it's a really fun book. It's uh, essays on on all 30 teams, and w- we have a full season this year, unlike last year. So I think we're gonna have around 65 players per team. So you do the math. It's like. 1900 comments or something like that and it's fun it's irreverent it's informative uh if you like fantasy baseball it'll do that too so
2: yeah if you're a baseball fan i mean i we're, we're both biased obviously because I, I write there but uh but yeah it's it is it's it's good baseball writing and and stuff that you don't get really kind of anywhere else so subscribe if you don't and at least read it and uh think about you know uh, what what you're getting for your for your clicks greg thanks man this was this was a lot of fun and you're welcome back anytime
1: yeah, please. thank you for for having me I had a blast guys do you want to promote your Twitter or is that is that gauche <sighs> boy I my usual promotion in my Twitter is someone will say like he's at so it's at CD Goldstein and I say I wouldn't recommend you go there uh especially I've made a, an avatar change in advance of the playoffs and the Giants uh fying me this season uh, I'm a Dodgers fan and uh it's it's pretty unpleasant visually along with the content so I wouldn't recommend it
2: Well, don't do that, but do follow us at Like This Movie on both Twitter and on Instagram and uh, use the hashtag ITILTM. It's hashtag ITILTM to jump into the conversation and chat about any of our episodes. And we will see you all next week. I Like This Movie is created by Noah Frank and hosted by Noah Frank and Will Vitka. Editing by Will Vitka. All music on the show, unless otherwise noted, provided courtesy of the South County All-Stars. Copyright 2021. A singer in a smoky room Smell of wine and cheap perfume or a smile they can share the night It goes on and on and on and on Stranger's, waiting All right. Up and down the boulevard
1: Snoop